Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Undoubtedly, social media is a huge part of our lives today. In fact, you might be scrolling through Instagram or Twitter while you're listening to this podcast. And in the midst of all the noise, how can we find light and hope? And for that, I met up with Celeste Villanueva. Celeste is known for her impeccable fashion taste, minimalist aesthetic, but most importantly, her bold faith. She is a media evangelizer, and she is one of the brilliant minds behind Cursive Grace. And through both of these, Celeste uses her talents and eye for design to bring about light and hope on and offline. And together, we talked about the importance of intentional content and how social media can be leveraged for good, especially when it comes to sharing our faith. Every time I see your name, I hear your name, I think of Jane the Virgin. Oh my gosh. Uh, I get that actually a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Celeste Villanueva. Yeah. But I wanted to start by asking if you wouldn't mind sharing your faith journey sure. with us and how you got to be the Celeste that you are today. Oh my gosh. Well, big question. <laughs> but Absolutely. I guess I'll just start. Well, like growing up, I was always like faith was kind of always a part of my daily life. Like parents are both Catholic um, and I went to catechism at St. Matthew's growing up so faith was kind of always a constant but I never really felt that personal relationship with Jesus not until um, I'd say probably when I was in grade 12 or just after I graduated um, I was dating somebody at the time and there was just like a lot in my family life that was going on. There was, it was probably like one of the most difficult times of my life. And I kind of found myself kind of searching for my identity and like kind of felt lost in everything in, in my relationship and, you know, my family life, all my problems. And I kind of felt myself like dissolving in that and not really knowing who I was. And then um, once that relationship ended and you know, like all the friends that I used to be friends with, like suddenly weren't my friends anymore. And then like my family life kind of exploded in my face. I was kind of like looking at all kind of those like broken pieces in my life and was basically kind of like, okay, like what's like the kind of person that I want to be and what exactly happened to my faith? Like how did I kind of lose it within those like kind of five years of high school? Because like I said, I went to catechism, and always like, oh yeah, put God first kind of thing. But I never really felt that relationship kind of aspect. I just kind of did it because it was expected. Mm-hmm. And then basically after that, after my 18th birthday, I was kind of like, okay, I want to kind of start doing the rosary again. Like I want to start going to mass every Sunday. I want to start going to confession regularly. And so I started doing that. So I started doing the rosary every day, which was like crazy from like not praying at all and not going to mass to just kind of diving straight into things Mm -hmm. and then kind of once that started rolling um, I realized that I wanted to um, apply to Ryerson University so I ended up 
taking a year off and then deciding I wanted to apply there. So during that gap year was, you know, working on health and fitness, getting back into my faith life and going on that faith journey. I'd say like that was the first time I personally decided to start that faith journey on my own without any sort of outside influence. And then once I got accepted into Ryerson, I was like, okay, my primary goal is to like make sure my faith life is nourished is like in the best kind of environment to grow because because obviously we all know that when you move away you go to university it's kind of hard to maintain those kind of values when you go into school and so once I got there I met Ryerson Catholics aka like another part of Catholic Christian outreach and it just changed my life I took faith studies right away decided to put Jesus at the center of my life right after that study was done and then kind of dove right into becoming a faith study leader and then subsequently after that becoming a part-time student ministry aide with the Archdiocese of Toronto. So from there kind of just flourished in an, a tremendous way and especially being able to meet so many other young Catholics who were super on fire about um, discovering their faith and discovering Jesus and then sharing that with other people it just it was just the best environment um, that I could possibly put myself in and yeah so basically that kind of catapulted me to where I am today yeah right and I want to say too like just what really stuck out to me as you're speaking about your faith journey and in reflecting on how you've gotten to where you are now I guess like this desire within you, um, there was something deep within you that was saying like, go and find this identity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was anything that you might've heard God say to you that really pushed you to do that. Because like you said, there was no outside influence. It was something deep within you that mm-hmm. called out to you and you were the one that wanted to independently go and find that. Yeah, it was definitely like, it was so weird because like, that first kind of call that I felt God calling me to grow closer to him, like I said, when all that kind of stuff was going on, I was like in a very low place. It was probably the first time I was really experiencing like mental health before mm-hmm. it was like diagnosed for me, um, mental health issues. And then kind of like when I was feeling super duper low, I just felt like this pull from God to like grow closer to me and like hold on to me, like make me your anchor. And then like, following that kind of like guide it was it was crazy to see how that's kind of catapulted me to where I am mm-hmm. right now so I'm very blessed and thankful that I heeded to God's call to yeah. to get to know him more and to start that relationship so yeah I'm very grateful for that absolutely yeah and in terms of doing ministry out at uh, in Toronto with archdiocese what were some of the things that you were able to do during your time of service there yeah so basically what I did I was <laughs> kind of like an unofficial official member of the staff team at Ryerson so I was working with the other um, TCO missionaries there as well as with the um, the chaplain I can't remember but oh my gosh forgive me Nathan <laughs> for forgetting your title but basically yeah, I was working with um, the missionaries so it kind of was like I kind of think of it as my experience to um, really get to know what the missionary life was like without um, actually being a missionary. So I got to be part of the staff meetings. I got to help plan events and summits, and I got to help with outreach, things like that, and um, a lot of like prayer warrior style stuff. So we prayed a lot for our students, and 
yeah, it was kind of like being able to kind of pull back the veil to see what really happens behind the scenes. And it really made me appreciative and realize just how much work like the missionaries do for us. And it really makes me feel so grateful that there's, they have missionaries all over Canada that are helping the people they encounter on their university. So yeah, it was just really cool to experience like what kind of the day-to-day life of a CCL missionary is like without kind of being mm-hmm. one. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And of course, simultaneous to while you were serving, you were also studying mm-hmm. at Ryerson. What were you studying at the time? Yeah. So I was studying, um, my program is called Creative Industries. So basically, since nobody really knows what that means, <laughs> it's basically um, a fusion program of business and art. So we pick kind of two modules, basically like concentrations of um, what we want to study. And then there's a business aspect to supplement that. So basically another explanation is, let's say that you want to work work in the graphic design industry, but you don't want to necessarily be like the graphic designer, but you want to like maybe manage a team or you maybe want to work in like the marketing side of that or more leadership style approach. This is basically the program. So for me, um, my modules were media business and fashion. And then my business concentration is marketing. So basically kind of choose like a hodgepodge of stuff, almost kind of like general arts, but not really, because you get to kind of pick what you want to take, right? In terms of media business, what is that? Like social media marketing kind of communications and then like fuse that with like fashion Mm -hmm. courses and stuff like that so yeah that's basically what I study right (laughs) yeah and I have to say too like that is such a unique program I mean I don't think it was until I met you that I found out that oh my gosh there are people studying such cool things that Mm -hmm. I had no idea even (laughs) existed and I think that just goes to show like the beauty of the way that education is changing but also it just has a good segue into the fact that you are probably one of the most fashionable people that I know oh my gosh that is such an honor (laughs) Rachel you don't even know (laughs) girl But, but at the same time it's like when I think about what it is that you studied along with your social media presence that shadow it kind of like goes beyond you so I think I already knew of you before I even met you which was amazing and that's the power of social media folks but I wanted to talk to you about that just because your Instagram for anyone who doesn't follow Celeste your Instagram and just your social media presence in general there is so much aesthetic and beauty to it and I I wonder it's like what are the things that really inspire or draw you um, to posting the content that you do yeah, well, that's a good question. And first of all, thank you so much. Oh, like, my pleasure. <laughs> Everyone go follow Celeste. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to link it in the bio. So. <laughs> my gosh, hyping me up. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. There's actually been quite a few, I guess, influences or people that inspire me to post the content that I do. Um, along with, like, kind of minimalistic aesthetic, mm-hmm. I'm very much into the Morgan Harper Nichols like just using your platform to shed light so a lot of the time whether I post actual posts on my Instagram or through my stories I always try to share some sort of like message of like hope or light or to like encourage people to keep going because as much as Instagram is can be used for you know aesthetic and for beauty it it should portray something even larger than yourself right it should convey something larger than yourself 
And so, and because we all know kind of like the downward spiral that social media can often cause as well, um, why not be a, a presence or a source where, where people can find joy and find positivity? But I guess I'd say also for inspiration, um, a good friend of mine, like shout out to Kimberly Abasco and Anna yes. Basco of Flux and Folk. Yes. Um, they definitely inspire me. And I had the privilege to grow up with Kim because she was best friends with my sister growing up. And so just being around her creativity and seeing the way that she sees things and kind of encouraged me and my sister to kind of dive deeper into our art was I definitely would say has influence on me and mine Mm -hmm. um and definitely I guess I would say another friend of mine would be um, Marielle Pahaihai and she's actually my partner in Curse of Grace the other block that I run and um her clean minimalistic aesthetic as well is something that inspires me and yeah I'm just very much drawn to clean simple simple um kind of styles of portraying art mm-hmm. but then also it being um primarily focused on like the message like what's the message that you're trying to convey so absolutely yeah <laughs> and I love that just because you know especially in our society today there's so much there's this culture of comparison that mm-hmm. people have been talking a lot about these days um just this constant you know, in the 50s, it's keeping up with the Joneses. And now with social media, especially Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, it is so easy to look at something online that whether it's your friend is post or maybe a friend of a friend or a celebrity and just that aching desire within you to have something like that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you'd ever run into that situation where you felt, you know, like really like low or down by what you've seen and how you've maybe taking that negative energy and translated it into this hope and light that you're speaking of. Yeah, so basically, um, I think we all have faced moments where we've kind of fell into that black hole of comparison and despair and kind of like, oh my gosh, like FOMO, like my life isn't good enough. Wow, look at these people, look at these celebrities, these influencers, like uh, quote unquote living their best lives when, you know, it's sometimes you have to like, physically and like maybe um verbally remind yourself this is just a highlight reel this is what people want you to see they don't want you to see everything some people choose to but that's not as mainstream as posting the most professional looking photos or you know saying like oh just like I saw (laughs) I saw this picture the other day on twitter and it was like this girl saying just went for a hike and then her sister like outed her and was like this is literally our backyard like my sister did not go on a hike like so you know like everybody does that everybody wants to make it seem like their lives are so much greater and you know I'm not gonna lie sometimes I like to make it seem like that you know I'm happy all the time and stuff but that's so not true just before we met I was talking to one of my friends Jerrica and she was kind of like you know how are you doing and mm-hmm. I was basically like, you know what, you know, we're not doing that great, but we're hanging in there. And then she was like, you know, wow. She's like, Instagram stories really kind of lie. Hey, she's like, I reactivated my account and thought I'd check in. And then I realized, you know, oh my gosh, yes, she's hanging out with people. That's so good. She looks so happy. And I was like, yeah, it's just, it was just such a prime example of how, you know, Mm -hmm. that's literally not everything, even you know, how realistic stories seem, that's not always, like, everything. So, basically, what I've tried to do to kind of minimize that is I've definitely, and I need to do this more, but taken breaks from social media. So, there are times where I'll just 
completely delete the app off my phone. You know, I think a lot of people do that too, like taking a break and unplugging, which is something I highly recommend. But also when like, I start to see that kind of negative energy, I think, and I think the kind of telltale sign that you need a break is once you really start seeing it affect your mood. Like, so for me, if I'm on it, like this was kind of happening lately and I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like I was kind of talking to my sister. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of stuck. Everyone's doing like these amazing things with their lives. People are moving, people are graduating and I'm kind of like here at home. And the first thing she said was, I think we need to go on a social media break. And it kind of took me by surprise for a second. And then I was like, oh my gosh, she's so right. Because what I was saying to her was like, oh my gosh, all my friends are, you know, doing all this amazing stuff. I wish, you know, I was with my friends in Toronto. And and it's like, if you give yourself the grace and the space to kind of separate from that, like, you know, your friends still love you. You know, you're still happy for your friends. But for yourself, having that, all of that kind of content and those pictures and videos not in your face all the time really kind of helps you, I guess, focus on what's actually going on in the present and Mm -hmm. to focus on yourself and how you feel and what's important to you versus scrolling like endlessly almost with the day yeah absolutely like I (laughs) took a social media cleanse earlier on in the year Mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing Fiat 90 nice and that was like you said it's just there's something about it where like when you don't have that constant barrage of information Mm -hmm. coming at you all these images and yeah, highlights people at the very beginning I felt like oh my gosh like I feel so disconnected I feel like I'm missing out but then after a while you start to really feel like yourself and start to really embrace the fullness of who you're supposed to be and I think that that's very special yeah, yeah. especially if it's like you know maybe you're, you're not really seeing like quote-unquote seeing what your friends are doing but then that means the next time you hang out with them, you're so much more present because you're actually there catching up with them. You're actually concerned. How are you doing? You're not just like, oh, yeah, I saw you at Ikea the other day. Like, how was that? Like, you actually are there to hear and to see them in their most, like, vulnerable form, but also, like, most present form, right? You present yourself even more truly to them because you can't hide behind your screens as well, right? Like, if someone asks you how you're doing online, be like oh like do what I did like oh you know not doing so great but we're hanging in there versus like usually if I'm in person with someone a friend and they ask that I'll just like instantly start bawling because it's like they knew or God knew that I needed to hear that mm-hmm. so but yeah doing those cleanses definitely make me feel better for physical and personal connection with the mm-hmm. people with the people around me yeah for sure yeah and in terms of um, like what I was hearing from you is this real like this big idea of intentionally posting content mm-hmm. and where does faith for you kind of enter into that content production yeah so for me I, I definitely have to say it um, goes hand in hand with how I'm feeling as well and I guess that's kind of the great thing and kind of the bad thing about social media too and I guess when I do kind of feel lower it almost like gives me an extra push to like want to push out a message of, you know, it's okay not to be okay, but also like point yourself towards God, which is something that's oftentimes hard for me to discipline myself. But as much as I'm reminding other people, I'm like reminding myself as well. Like, you know, if I see something or share a post and it's like, you know, God is working on everything for you right now, like just hang in there. Sharing that also is kind of like sharing that for myself as well. So it's like a personal reminder for me. And then if I can share that, 
for other people too like it's so important for me but also in terms of like writing blog posts and then also um, just writing posts in general um, about faith and like for me like what it means to be a Catholic as a young woman in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. It definitely comes with reflection first. Like I try not to post things meaninglessly. <laughs> like I guess I'd say like I'm kind of thinking and recalling the other Instagram posts that I've done. But um, sometimes usually it happens on a Sunday. Because <laughs> obviously that time is meant for prayer and for reflection. But it definitely can come from a place of gratitude but also like I said a place of like um, reflection on like how I'm feeling if I'm in desolation or if I'm in consolation and the times where I do take that time to set aside to think about that Mm -hmm. um, it's what really inspires me I don't really hold back I mean I think everyone could do a lot more other than you know like Catholic um, Instagrammers or like YouTubers like Father Mike everyone knows he's Catholic like you can't get more Catholic than that but I think like for young adults especially there's no harm in being completely transparent with who you are and your identity mm-hmm. offline as much as you are like online being transparent about that so um, for me I definitely say that you know if I want to post something that's faith-based like then I will and if I want to kind of go more in depth, then that's when I kind of turn to cursive grace as my outlet, because there was one point, especially when I was writing, I think this was just after Rise Up, Rise Up Calgary happened. Sorry, like my brain, my memory, like it was just like, <laughs> was it? I don't know. No, <laughs> it was Calgary. And um, I definitely felt that fire within me to share, um, especially because obviously if you were there, you, um, you know that like, as much as, as much as we learn about Jesus and develop our personal relationship, it's all about going out there and sharing that good news with other people. And I kind of felt um, like, what better way to do that than through writing through a blog, which is something that I've always felt very drawn to as an outlet to express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was writing a lot about suffering, uh, what it means for me to suffer, but also like how to suffer like authentically but Mm -hmm. also to choose joy in that and it was just so special for me because as much as like I said it was like catharsis so for me to kind of let that out for myself but then for other people to message me and be like oh my gosh this like was just what I needed to hear like it's there's nothing more rewarding I guess as an artist and for someone who like shares vulnerable parts of themselves to hear that you know what you're going through and what you said actually impacted someone Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad that you touched upon that too because I did want to ask what um typically reception is like because I would gather that probably there are a lot of because we know a lot of the same people so yeah. there probably are a lot of Catholics that follow you mm-hmm. already so a lot of the stuff will probably be you know not surprising it's like faith-based stuff like we're used to seeing it but there must also be people who have no faith background that maybe are following you purely for like the hashtag aesthetic and, <laughs> you know your your beauty and just how um like energetic and wonderful you are but I guess it's like has there ever been a time where you know maybe someone has reached out to you um, maybe they don't have a faith background or maybe they're a little shaky in their faith mm-hmm. um and maybe you've shared something that really spoke to them that way? I can't really think off the top of my head of like one exact thing, but mm-hmm. I guess on my personal Instagram, like I said, I do try to share a lot of um, 
faith-based messages and like positivity and about mm-hmm. grace. Like I said, like I love Morgan Harper Nichols, like with fiery passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> so I share a lot of her stuff a lot. But um, there's been quite a few times of friends either from work or friends that maybe have a faith faith-based background when they were growing up but maybe that's not so much their thing now and they've just messaged me and have been like you know I just really love that you share so much light and so much like faith-based messages because it's so uplifting to see and Mm -hmm. how many people have been like you know you're like one of my favorites because of, of you know those positive messages that you share like thank you so much for doing that like you don't really realize how much that's impacting me. And mm-hmm. and it's so simple, right? Like you just, you know, click a few buttons and you share something. But considering like we've talked about how much people are on social media, those kind of bursts of light, I guess, like in their feeds or while they're scrolling can actually impact people more than you know. So it definitely like reaffirms me that, you know, what I'm doing like is very helpful. And that's like something that makes me very happy to know that just sharing small messages or posting about, mm-hmm. you know, the things I'm going through and that, you know, you just got to keep going is like really resonating with people. And mm-hmm. it just, it's, it's just super humbling. Even if it's not like my words, even if I'm sharing something else, like mm-hmm. someone's looking to me um, to say thank you. And, and that's just from sharing something. So I think it's kind of a testament to that idea that if we all did that you know how much how much greater would um, how much greater joy would be um, involved in people's lives and how much greater like social media could be in general if we focus primarily on positivity versus comparison and and even aesthetics because as much as it's nice to look at someone's feed and it's like it's like you know cleanly like thought out like color palettes all of that (laughs) like um, as great as that is like it can get to be very like superficial and materialistic and there's got to be some foundation or some value, some deeper values rooted within that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now you were, you were mentioning earlier um, and actually like all throughout. So I'm glad that I can dig into this now, but curse of grace, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about the idea behind it and how it got started for you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, It was definitely a passion project of not only myself, but of, like I mentioned before, my friend, Mariel. Shout out, Mariel, you're great. And it basically stemmed from, like, our friendship. So I met her during my second year at Ryerson. Um, And basically, as we got to get to know each other more and to grow in sisterhood and in our faith, um, we kind of realized that we, you know, we're both super interested in um, like art and creativity and how do we use that to kind of like interact with other people of faith, but also how to evangelize other people as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And once I moved back to Vancouver in the summer and she was still in Toronto, um, we kind of thought mostly (laughs) kind of about ourselves and our relationship first. And then that kind of the idea kind of stemmed from there. But basically what had happened is, we were like, we need to keep ourselves accountable for like growing in our faith and to, you know, deepening our relationship with Christ. And 
we were like, yeah. So at first we were kind of thinking, oh, we'll start maybe a little like private blog or like Tumblr account or something <laughs> like that for ourselves just to be like, hey, like I'm sharing this like message of light with you or hey, like, you know, um, how did you approach this obstacle in your life or how did you kind of embrace suffering? And and then we were kind of like, kind of had this like epiphany moment, both of us. And we were like, oh my gosh, we should just like start a blog, like and like try to be that kind of light into other um lives of women young women but then also to like anyone who needs a chance to like kind of dive deeper into their faith and hear that kind of message of light so um as much as it kind of the colors and stuff might maybe tend towards women like it is like um not necessarily like a blessed issue where it's just like women but we also do encouragement to kind of look at our art and our blog posts because I think that um, what we write is not just particular to struggles and experiences that um, young Catholic women have but also that like young men might be facing as well um, especially on topics of like suffering desolation and then discernment of you know how to hear God's voice and things like that like mm-hmm. those are just some random topics but yeah so it basically started out like I said as a way for us to keep each other accountable and then it kind of like took one from there of like oh my gosh let's do this so that we can help other people as well mm-hmm. and um we were actually supposed to start curse of grace i think like a year ago <laughs> but because we were like not really in a place in our lives where we could really focus on it mm-hmm. we didn't want to kind of like half do it like yeah. You know, like, as you probably know with, like, your podcast as well, like, if you're going to do something, you need to, like, dedicate all of your, Mm -hmm. like, attention to it the best that you can Mm -hmm. to feel like you're really kind of doing it justice. And so for us, we kind of really decided to do that. Um, Yeah, I think right after Rise Up, that was kind of the time I was feeling. I was like, oh, my gosh, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we need to do. Or it might have been September. Like I said, my memory is kind of you know, kind of like the memory of like a 75-year-old at this point. But, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's been recent since we started it, but it's, um, like I said, something I definitely want to dedicate more time towards. But also in like the respect of authenticity, um, we've kind of felt like we don't want to feel like we have to like mm-hmm. push content or write about it if like, let's say, our own personal relationships with God are feeling like we need to put more attention towards that so and I think that's like the struggle and the balance of being like a Catholic creative mm-hmm. is um as much as you're trying to spread the gospel and share Jesus with other people how is your relationship with Jesus actually doing that's obviously most important first before you share with other people so yeah such a powerful <laughs> reminder yeah <laughs> because like you said there is that almost this kind of self-obligation and obligations to the, and I'm using air quotes here, but the fans to continually maintain um, just constant content, regular content, Mm -hmm. because that's how society and influencers talk about, Oh, like how do you capture an audience? It's Mm -hmm. like constant content, like regular and authentic content. But I think you're absolutely right. It's like, if you're posting about faith, and you're at a place right now where your relationship with God is virtually non-existent or is like struggling and whatnot. That doesn't mean that you don't have Christ at the center, but it just means that maybe it may not be prudent to be posting about something that even you might not be brought into. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I'll like be totally honest with myself. Like that's why I haven't been 
posting a lot on Curse of Grace um, for a while now is because I've been really on this journey of like rediscovering my relationship and finding, I guess, holes that I thought were where Jesus was, was already there, but maybe like my own um, sin or selfishness or my own pride was there in a placeholder of. So it's definitely been, um, been on this current part of my journey, like kind of rediscovering and rerouting my faith mm-hmm. in God and like, how do I really see him and what lies have I been listening to basically kind of resetting. And so um, me and Muriel were talking about it as well. We're like, yeah, that obviously like we want to be completely authentic and I guess like just really genuine in the messages that we try to portray Mm -hmm. um, and try to share with other people. And so like, if we're not okay, then how can we, tell other people that you know we're okay and like Jesus is great and like everything's amazing Mm -hmm. when it's not right like I think once you bring faith into it as well it like really makes you like okay I have to be authentic because like what would that really make me if I wasn't actually being genuine and authentic with who I was right Right. amen (laughs) 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 um I guess just to close in thinking about all of this and in thinking about, like, honestly, the words that come to my mind, like, there are so many things that come to mind when I think of um, your presence on social media, your presence in person, but really just, like, truth, beauty, and goodness Mm -hmm. really is, like, it's a powerful way to approach how we post on social media, how we can be intentional with ourselves and our online and offline personas. But in terms of how you've seen maybe yourself throughout the years, like, throughout your your life as a content producer, so to speak. <laughs> How have you seen your feminine genius grow throughout that? Hmm. I guess for me, the way I've seen it um, kind of flourish and kind of um, start to grow is definitely surrounding myself, both offline and online, with people that kind of inspire me to be, you know, proud of being like a Catholic woman you know, a woman is to be celebrated and, you know, how many times does God kind of say that, right? But especially for me, I guess one way that helps me kind of celebrate my feminine genius is looking towards Blessed Is She as a source of, like, you know, female empowerment, you know, like, you know, these are the kind of struggles we go through, but also these are the things we should celebrate about ourselves and the gifts that we have. And then also I would say um, um, another friend, Megan Turland of The Good Soil, um, she's definitely been a source for me, whether she's known it or not, <laughs> of um, influencing my discovery of my feminine genius. Just that concept of, you know, how can you be good soil for other people and how can you create um, the best kind of soil for yourself to flourish with God for yourself is is something that I found very, like, empowering. And then also seeing friends of mine like Marielle, like another Catholic creative, Erin Tablizo, yes. shout out to her seeing them dive into their talents and their skills and their creativity and using that and their platforms to really just celebrate what it means to be a Catholic woman and what it means to be a Catholic in general, mm-hmm. um, just empowers me to like the nth degree. And also Rachel, seeing you and what you've done with the feminine genius podcast, honestly, like I said, like blows me away um, to see so many strong young like beautiful women like boldly stepping out um in their faith and with their talents to 
share the good news with other people and to help people like discover it themselves and to discover, you know, what makes them authentically them and that, you know, that should be celebrated, you know? I consider myself very blessed because I know that for other people, maybe not in the digital age, maybe it was even harder to find women to kind of share their lives with and walk with, especially in terms of your faith. So like I consider myself very blessed to be surrounded by so many young women so who are like so boldly proclaiming their faith for everyone. So <laughs> Thank you so much to Celeste Vinoeva for joining us on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. I've left links to Celeste's personal account as well as that of Curse of Grace in the show notes. And speaking of social media, you should follow us to stay up to date on latest episodes, news, and other exciting things. We are at Fem Genius Pod on all platforms. You can listen and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Just search up the Feminine Genius Podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a review as well. So thank you so much for listening today and may God continue to bless you.